welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. You know, we're currently facing a problem that's worldwide. It's a new movement of negativity and judgmental people everywhere, and especially on the Internet. And, you know, we were actually trained to look at what's wrong with the situation. You ever notice that? We are trained. Reality shows reinforce this. You're fired. You're off the island. You're voted out. America doesn't like you. But you know what? There is a general atmosphere of judgment, and the enemy doesn't want you to see what's coming. There is something on the horizon. The Lord is baking something new. And this dominating negative spirit that's causing the heavens to be closed over people is now starting to crack open and light is coming through. And this is why people really can't hear God clearly overall. That's why there's financial situations, difficulties, depression, illness, to name a few. But you know what? The spiritual principle is in play that what you sow, you shall reap. And again, the Lord said, Truly, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Matthew eighteen nineteen. These two principles of agreement and what we do, what we sow is what we reap, is what's going to open up things. It's the very thing that was closing things down is now going to open things up by agreeing with the Lord and letting that light come in and letting our light shine like never before. I am so convinced we're not seeing judgment in the world right now. Oh, no. What we're seeing is the atmosphere of people complaining. But we now can turn that around. So I'm so excited to have someone that's a special person. And you're going to be so excited hearing her. In fact, if you need encouragement, you need to (laughs) call someone right now to get on this podcast and hear. This is Abby Stumville. And Abby is part of a ministry that she has herself with her husband, Justin. And she has an amazing story. I was stunned when I heard she started talking. She was 12 years old when she prayed a dangerous prayer. Lord, (laughs) if you could teach me how to love myself, I will change the world. So this simple prayer ignited her adventure of uncovering the power of the Lord and love. And, you know, throughout her journey, she's seen love conquer the fear of torment. And that's what people are having right now. And she and her husband, Justin, uh, they run a life consulting business where they meet with people and they train teams to love and to break through. And she's a regular speaker at Bethel Church up in Reading at the School of Supernatural as well. Hey, Abby, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Doug. It is such a huge honor. I can't even tell you how delighted I am. I wasn't just enjoying the intro. I was so moved by the intro. I'm like, yes, we do need people to agree with light and love. And we need to change the atmosphere. It's so true. It's already been, I've already been impacted and I've only been on here for like two minutes. Oh, we had church before. We were early. We just (laughs) had a breakthrough just as we were getting to know each other and and praying ahead of time. 
And yes. I was so moved when I watched some of your videos on, you know, on oh. on the internet. And I thought, wow, this is someone with the DNA. This is like the love DNA. And, yes, and, we are the same tribe. Yeah. My, my team's been telling me, you've got to get Abby on your podcast. So here she is. And just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, I grew up, um, I grew up a Christian, knew God my whole life. Thank goodness. I don't know how I would have survived. I mean, people do survive without him, but I'm thankful that I met him at a young age. But I grew up in a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of brokenness in my family. There's a lot of, I had a a hormone problem that really deeply affected me. And so I had a lot of pain and torment from a lot of things that happened. I used to have self-hatred, literally attacks where I would just scream, I hate myself uncontrollably. I had anxiety attacks. I think the first time I thought I wanted to die, I was seven. I was suicidal for years. So I had a lot of pain. And I remember I had this encounter one night and I just asked somebody to pray for me. I was like, hey, I'm having, I get angry during church sometimes, uh, during worship. I don't think that's supposed to happen. Do you think you could just pray for me? And I thought it'd be like a quick, like, yeah, you're fine now. <laughs> But it turned into like a seven-hour inner healing, deliverance, deep encounter with the Lord. And he revealed to me, see, my parents tried for 14 years to have kids, and I was the miracle child. Wow. But with being the miracle child, I took on so much pressure, and he revealed to me during this encounter that— I believed the reason he put me on earth was to fix my parents, to fix their marriage, to heal all of the broken things that were happening around me, and I couldn't do it. And so I remember yelling, you made me for a purpose you knew I couldn't fulfill. I'm done. If you don't give me a reason worth living for, I'm done. All my friends stepped back like two feet because they were like, wait, God's going to strike her dead. Step back. And, uh, and the truth is I, I giggle every time I tell this story because God didn't answer me. He didn't tell me anything in that moment, but it was like this huge weight lifted off my chest. Sometimes I think I, um, I had a boil on my chest when I got married to my husband. I've been married almost 10 years. And when we got married, I had a huge boil. Boils are like ginormous zits. And so they had to Photoshop all of my wedding photos, which I think is funny. (laughs) And, um, so in the honeymoon, I promise this story is going somewhere deep. I promise. But on the honeymoon, if you don't know this, heat draws out the poison of boils. And so we were taking a shower together because we were allowed to now. We were married. We we're taking a shower together. And the heat of the shower draws out the poison. And all of a sudden, my boil explodes. <laughs> over the entire shower. And I think to myself, if my husband still loves me after this, I've got nothing to worry about for the rest of my life. But, um, he did, he, we just laughed. I mean, cause what else can you do? But the moment this happens so much spiritually, I think we're like, we want to, we want to put salve over the boil. But if you put Neosporin over a boil, it would just suck the oil in and grow. Right. You actually have to sometimes get the pain out and then get the healing balm on. And so I felt like that night when I just got to share from the depths of my heart the pain that I was in with the Lord, it felt like all the pus came out of my heart. Right. Abby, let me just say really quick, is that, you know, we always do this, is if it were a dream, what would it mean? And just that whole prophetic act of falling in love, of being vulnerable in front of the one you love. (laughs) 
being in the cleansing shower of the spirit and letting mm-hmm. things heat up brought mm-hmm. deep healing to you. Yes. Wow. Oh, you're good. You could be a counselor. You're good. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty phenomenal. That is actually what my husband did. My husband in my life was a healing balm that got to the deepest places of, of pain. God used him miraculously. That's what life. love will do. That's what love will do. Wow. So, um, so anyway, long story short, this night, my pain gets out from wanting to die. And two years later, God doesn't answer me. Why are you like, I was like, give me a reason worth living for. He never says anything. Two years later, I'm in LA and I go up for an altar call. And a woman gets a word of knowledge that my mom had had an affair, which I think is just like the most random thing. And she walks me through forgiveness. I didn't even know I had unforgiveness in my heart about it. I didn't even know it affected me. And so she walks me through it. And as I'm forgiving my mom, I hear the Lord so clearly say, you were born to be loved and to love. And it was like all the pressure. My whole Christian life changed because I realized... My only job is to learn to receive God's love really well and then to let that love transform me and let that love back out. Mm. I can't fail at that. I can fail at trying to fix people. I can fail at not giving enough prophetic words or not giving being enough as a Christian. I can fail at doing things for the Lord, but I can't fail at just letting him love me. And letting that back out. Wow, that's powerful. I, that sounds like it might have been one of the keys to the self-hatred and the suicidal Yeah, stuff. absolutely. I mean, yeah. it, God radically has set me free. I tell people, abundant life is real. Like when the Bible says that he came that we could have life and life abundantly, I never would have believed that. But every single, I mean, I couldn't laugh for years. And now I am known for laughing. I mean, it's just, and joy, like people know me for fun. I was serious my whole life. <laughs> so, so it feels like there's not one area. I, I was terrified of sex. I was terrified of marriage. I was, ter- I had so much baggage and fear and lies and, and pain in every area. And there has not been one area that God has not redeemed. Wow. That is so amazing. So your story goes way deep. Okay. Doug. I have been dying to ask you this. What is the lesson in your life that God has taught you that has taken you the longest to understand? Wow, that is an amazing question. And it all boils back down to love. Do you <laughs> love me? Do you, and uh, I'm not trying to be uh, trite at all here. In fact, totally. it wasn't until um, this year, 2017, did I ever understand the depth of this and once i understood it he kept saying to me you know that the greatest commandment is love love god with all your heart Mm. love your soul love yourself so the question was were you able to love me and Mm. i wasn't didn't know i could do it and then when i did i didn't realize it that's when i got healed of multiple chemical sensitivity lyme disease and uh and anxiety this year this this year when once i got through the love in that moment is so uh, you know i'm telling you living this message out that we're talking about can bring healing to you in so many ways oh i am i am shocked i will tell you love is it feels like love is the drug of the hour wow yeah like it feels like there are all of these problems physical emotional spiritual 
And the answer to all of them is love. Yeah. And and it's amazing how much I mean, love unlocked everything inside of me. And I that's that's I love what you said. The greatest command. I went on a journey of learning about who God was and what he was really like, because I grew up with a view of him that was not very loving. And as I learned more and more what he was really like, the thing that I knew I could hold on to was the first commandment that the most important thing to him is love, which means that shows what the most important thing about him is towards us. Wow. There is so much in this love message that we miss and we read right over, we breeze over love God with all your heart. And most of us like me, you know, I've been walking with the Lord for years. I'm a prophet. And here I was (laughs) January of this year. Here I was having trouble with forgiving God, and I didn't realize it. I did not because of rough upbringing and, you know, just all that stuff. And I had held it in my heart and made the best of it like a lot of people do. Like it sounds like you did. You make the best of it. And then one day the boil breaks. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's so true because you can tell your you can tell the boil that God loves it over and over again, but until the pain comes out, the love doesn't actually get in. I remember I had this night, I've struggled with chronic sickness too, Doug. And I had this night years ago, I was up in the middle of the night and I said a very spiritual thing that I'm about to tell you. I said, F you God, I effing hate you. And he replied, good. (laughs) And I was like, "Um, wait, what? He said, good. That version of God that you're angry at, that's not who I am. But you had to get angry at it so I could show you that I'm not like that. You should be mad at a God that would make you be sick just to grow your character. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am. Wow. I actually didn't cause this. And I'm not doing this just so you can become a better person. I actually love you. Mm. And just that switch of like, oh, he, this isn't like a cruel, it's not because I didn't pass a test. It's not, it was, it had to do with this version of God. And he was like, I'm going to take you through every place that you think I'm cruel. And I'm going to weed out the image that you've had of me. You know, I think about Christians like, you know, the, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So all of those are actually the nature of God. And I think we're always trying so hard to be what we're supposed to be. Like, I'm going to, I call it like Christian constipation. I'm going to, I'm going to (laughs) strive out patience. I will be patient. I'm going to have joy. I will have joy. And um, instead of realizing that any area that we're lacking fruit, it's because we haven't encountered that aspect of God towards us. So there were areas that you held things against God because you were needing to encounter that he was different than what you had grown up with. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's, I think that's the whole goal. We, Paul Young, he's the guy who wrote the shack. He said it took him 50 years to wipe the face of his dad off the face of God. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And that's the beauty is we get to bring our pain to God and he will sit with us in it and help sort it until we can see what he's actually like. And when we see what he's actually like, love is the natural reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the thing is, it's because God is love, 
then yeah. the, then we gotta we've gotta have an encounter with God as love before we can understand who God really is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they it go, changes everything. Yeah, it goes hand in hand, actually. Oh yeah, I remember after encountering God as love, and I would say it's like I had to do it over and over and over again because it took me a long time, <laughs> and I plan on doing it the rest of my life. I I need to understand love more, so I need more love encounters. But it's funny because. As you encounter God's love more, it's like I read the Bible differently. I see his love in the Bible because before I read the Bible through my filter that he was a mean God. Right. And now I can see his kindness and his redemption. And it's just interesting how much what we imagine God is like can filter over who he actually is. I read something yesterday that said words God will never say that he— won't give us kindness that we don't recognize. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is so true because God is kind to us in so many ways that we don't recognize, and He still is happy to be kind to us in those ways until we can recognize it. That's powerful. Wow. So, you know, you're you're like me. Here I am. I mean, I've been walking with the Lord a long time, and I'm a I'm a you know a minister. I'm a prophet. <laughs> most people, though, in in leadership and ministry and Christians even have trouble exposing their weaknesses for some reason. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Yes. But you're very vulnerable in, in, in your blog and your sermon, on your on YouTube, oh, yeah. all that. I, I just see that you're really up, up front. And so there's something about that. There's a key that you have in your vulnerability. Oh, well, thank you. I will tell you, God made me that way. I wished as a kid I could fake that I was better than I was. Like, I remember thinking, I wish I could pretend I was fine. And I just never could. And the thing that I have found, so you talked about earlier, the commandment, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. And I have seen that this loving yourself piece, me and my husband, we've worked with thousands of people who can't experience God's love. And we have found it hinges on this piece of loving yourself. When you don't love yourself, then you are literally shutting love outside of your life. And God is such a gentleman. He's like, I will come in if you invite me in. And so when we have self-hatred, it pushes the doors to love closed. And so my heart, and, and that's what I, when I was younger, I prayed, I, there's this woman in our church who was just perfect. She was beautiful and talented and wonderful. And I would babysit for her and she would grab her stomach skin and she'd go, Oh, and make a bad face. Like she hated it. And she was very thin. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what (laughs) you are the person we all want to be. And you don't like you like what I thought we're nobody is going to be okay in the world. If she can't like herself, I'll never be able to like myself. And that's when I prayed when I was 12 years old, I said, If you could teach me how to love myself, I wouldn't have to have gifts. I wouldn't have to be talented. I wouldn't have to be great. I would just look around and people would be following me because no one is loving themselves. Mm. No one is doing it. And so I just invited God to take me on the journey of loving myself. And going back to your question, learning how to be vulnerable. And see, for years it's been conditional love, which is I love myself when I am perfect, when I look great, when I have everything figured out, when I am a rock star, that's when I'll love myself. But that means I'm pushing God's love out to the future. Yeah. And I don't live in the future. Right. So I'm separating myself from his love that he said he'd never leave. 
I'll never forget. This is one of the most powerful encounters I ever had. God showed me a picture of a starving African boy. And uh, his parents had, had died. He had a guardian. And World Relief Organization came to bring food to this village. And they bring food to this guardian. And they say, please let me feed your son. And the guardian says, oh, no, I'm sorry. He didn't ace the test he had in school today. He didn't do good enough on his test. So to teach him a lesson, I'm not going to let him eat. And they forced the the person with the food away. And later that day, another world relief worker came and said, please let me feed your son. And the, the guy said, I'm so sorry. He looks disgustingly thin until he looks less gross. I'm not going to let him eat and forced the person with food away. And, and later on that day, one more person tried and took food and said, please let me feed your son. And he said, have you seen my son? I asked him to build me a house. And he says he's too weak to build me the house. So I'm not going to let him eat. So this is the story that God showed me. And he said, Abby, you're the guardian. And every time that you decide that you think you're not lovable, you're not letting me feed. I'm food. My love is food for your soul. My love is food for humanity. And anytime you think you're failing and you don't let the kid eat, you're starving a human. An actual human. You're an actual human. If you if you mess up and you're not good enough and then you don't receive my love in the midst of not being good enough, you are hurting one of my creation. And it wasn't that I was doing that with actual food. I love eating. But it was that it just changed my life because I was like, there's nothing worth stealing God's love from my heart for. I looked at a little kid. I'm like, there's never a reason to take away food from a little kid to punish it. And God was like, then there should never be a reason to take away my love from your heart. Wow. And so the the catchphrase started being, is it worth abusing yourself for? So I remember one day, I'm right after God had given me this, this story, this vision, I'm driving in my car and I'm late for something. I'm dyslexic. I cannot measure time. So I'm late all the time. And so I've really had to work on it. I Now I ask my husband, I set timers. I have all these strategies. But so I'm in my car and I'm like, what is wrong with me? I can't figure out how to be on time. I'm an adult. I, this is so stupid. And immediately God breaks in and says, Abby, is this worth starving that African child for? Hmm. Being late? Is that worth it? Wow. And I was like, no. And that became the catchphrase. Anytime, I, if I got off stage after I had shared something and I was like, gosh, why did I say that? He'd be like, if a, if a child said that, would you tell the child it didn't deserve to eat? And I was like, no, because God's love is food to our souls. And we think that we can become great Christians without his love. Like, just like the guardian saying, you should be able to build me a house before you eat. No, the kid has to eat to have the strength to build things. Yeah, We're doing things backwards as Christians. We want to be perfect and then let God love us. Yeah, No, exactly. the goal is to fully be messy and whoever we are. God loves honesty. He loves honesty. Let's just be real about who we are and let his love into the places we don't think it can get to. That is when life-transforming stuff happens. Yeah. Wow. That, this stuff is deep. So you probably do you see any like common misconceptions about God and his love as you travel and speak? Oh, 
<laughs> yes, yes, so many. And one of the ones that I am caught on right now is God's compassion. God is so compassionate and and compat like it's it's a I mean he literally is. He sent Jesus to get in human skin. He wanted to experience the same things we experience so that he could know the pain that we go through from our eyes. He wanted to be able to understand it. And then the Bible says, my husband was just teaching this this weekend. It blew my mind. He was it, he was reading this verse in John where it talks about how God gave up his right to judge and gave it to Jesus. So Jesus has the right to judge. And how incredible that the part of God that is the judge is the one who's been in our skin. Like the one who has the most compassion. If you read through um, over and over and over again in the New Testament, Jesus is was moved with compassion. That's where the miraculous happened. Yeah. Over and over and over again, he felt deeply. He was pulled towards humanity. Like he, um, Eric Johnson just said this the other day. He said Jesus was constantly reintroducing compassion to religion. Like the Pharisees, when um, Jesus heals somebody on the Sabbath, and they're like, "You broke the law." Like Jesus is saying. No, people actually matter more than the rules. Like compassion is what motivates them. So there's this verse that says that God is the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Mm. And then it says he gives us that so that as we receive it, we can we have something to give away to others who go through it. That's my paraphrase for it, which means our job as Christians is to be great at receiving God's compassion, not sucking it up and pushing through, but actually asking God, like, I can't tell you how many times he's like, baby girl, I'm so proud of you. I see how much this is costing you. I see how hard this is. I see that you still have a yes. I see that sometimes your yes is just that you got out of bed. And I'm in awe of that. Wow. It's like Sarah in the Bible. God tells Abraham, Sarah's going to bear a child and she laughs at God. She's eavesdropping, which I love. She's hysterical. (laughs) Um, she's eavesdropping and she laughs at God. And then God says, why did Sarah laugh? And Sarah lies to God. She says, no, I didn't laugh. And then God says, no, but you did. And I love this story so much because I can imagine like God's making the promise over Sarah's life. She, she literally can't fathom that laughs about it and then breaks the 10 commandment and lies straight to God's face. And then if you flip to Hebrews 11, it says, um, It says, Sarah, because of her great faith, had the power to conceive. And I'm thinking, that didn't look like great faith. Wow. Like, that did not look like great faith. She laughed at the promise and then lied to God about laughing. That does not scream Bible hero to me. (laughs) And yet the Bible says that her great faith is why she conceived. And so God has talked to me about, he's like, Abby, are you writing stories of punishment over your life. When I'm trying to write stories of celebration, I saw the little yes in Sarah. There are so many places that I see inside of you something good. And all you're looking at is all the things you haven't gotten right yet, or you haven't done yet, or what you think the right reaction should be. And he's like, my, his favorite thing in heaven is to do celebrate. He loves throwing parties. He is finding things about my life to throw parties about every day. This is one radical revelation. Honestly, I've been talking about (laughs) the compassion of the Lord that goes so deep for you. 
and yeah. the love of the Lord, the acceptance of the Lord that goes so deep. You know, we, we're trying to undo a lot of the stuff that we've learned uh, uh, from religion and church and things like that. And when you do, my goodness, Abby, your life is a testimony right now Aww. of breaking through that victim mentality, of yeah. redefining love, of mm. of coming into a deep revelation. What you just shared about compassion, about the Lord, was deeper than anything a theologian could possibly find. <laughs> I'm serious. It's so powerful. It's oozing mm. from you right now. And there's people out there who, you know, especially a lot of people who follow us, they get rejected. And a lot of them follow us on the internet and consider in like connection their church, you know, because uh, yeah. just because we, it's a place of love, it's a place of healing. Yes. Many people are suffering from the low self esteem, the yes. self hatred, these types of things. And, you know, you have a powerful story of a powerful ministry to overcome it. I just want you to, to pray a prayer, a breakthrough for people who are listening right now. Absolutely. I love that. Holy Spirit, I invite you that you would wreck people's hearts with your love, that you would wreck people where, where they think your love can't get to, where they think your love is limited, that you would show up and you'd show them that your love is so much wilder, so much bigger, that your love is out of the box that you would showcase how potent your love is. God, we give you permission to rearrange, to shake us up, that everything that um, hinders love would be removed. God, I ask that you would begin to remove lies right now, that there'd begin to be a shift where people have had the wrong view of who you are, where they have believed that you are not patient or that you easily get angry or where they believe that you have a list of everything wrong with them. God, would you show your kids that you have a list every day about everything that is your favorite about them? Would you begin to have them ask you, put it on their hearts to ask you all of your favorite things about them, that they would begin to feel moved towards your voice in hearing that, that when they hear your voice, it would be more love than anything else that they hear. God, I ask that um, right now you would speak to every heart listening and that you would tell them about moments in their life that you were proud of them that they didn't believe you were proud of. Would you show them, would you highlight moments in their life where they thought, oh, I was just like Sarah, I had a horrible reaction, God was probably disappointed. Would you begin to write over those how you actually saw differently? how you actually felt differently. And right now, God, we invite you into every place where people have pain, where they have disappointment, where they have been hurt. We invite you into the pain, God. It is your compassion. It is your compassion that opens up heaven. Jesus, it was his compassion that enabled the miraculous to be birthed on earth. And so we ask that we would be able to have hearts that would receive hearts. I give you permission to receive every place where you think you need to do or be, or be strong. I give you permission to receive, to know that receiving compassion from God is the most courageous thing that you can do. God, I ask that you would heal and bring truth and love and hope to people's hearts in areas that they didn't even know they needed it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been one 
powerful, <laughs> really powerful, exposing time. And Aww. we're talking with Abby Stumvel. Just tell us about uh, how to get a hold of you, how we can follow you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I have a website at Abby Stumvel. It's hard to spell. A-B-I-S-T-U-M as in Mary, V as in victory, O-L-L dot com. Abby dot com. And then I have stuff on YouTube. I have a whole... I have videos on there and I have books that I recommend for people who want to go on the journey and blah, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. So and that's also, the easiest. Yeah. The, um, the four part series you have redefined by love. Now that's, that's oh. powerful. Yes. Well, my whole life changed when I saw that God was loving. I mean, I, like I told you the torment in my life, I went to counseling for years I started counseling when I was 12 years old. I've done inner healing, deliverance, prophetic. I've done it all. And the thing that changed everything is when God started showing me who he really was. Because if you think the maker of heaven is disappointed in you or frustrated with you, how will you ever be able to thrive? Right. Like my joy. I'll say this one last thing. I'm so sorry, but. One of the fruits of the spirit is joy. And I, whenever I looked at God's face when I was younger, I thought he was serious. He's joking all the time. You, you cannot change my mind that when my boil burst on my honeymoon, I'm sure God was giggling. He giggles all the time at me. He is smiling <laughs> and happy and engaged. And so when I saw him as serious, then I became like him, serious. And so I had to change what he looked like to change the fruit of my life. That's how he redefined my love. When I started to see how playful and fun he was, all of a sudden joy started springing up from inside of me, but it came from seeing the smile of God. So my redefined by love series is about me changing the view of how I saw him so that the fruit of my life changed. Yeah, this is powerful. All right. Well, Abby, it has been amazing to talk with you and uh, excited about what's going to happen. And, uh, there's some new stuff coming in the new year for all of us now. So check yes. out uh, Abby on, on the Internet. And God bless you all. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.